and welcome to The Worst Critics, episode 27. I am Noah Davis. I'm John Pina. And we're here to talk about movies, TV, music, and more. Let's get started with the news like we always do. First off, we have a spinoff of How I Met Your Mother was ordered by Hulu, uh, aptly titled How I Met Your Father. It's going to star, Classic. Classic. <laughs> it's going to star Hilary Duff, and not much else is known other than it's going to be a sitcom. So we'll see about that. I it, It's kind of weird to me that How I Met Your Mother is getting a spinoff, what, eight years after it was over? Yeah, and it's got fucking Lizzie McGuire superstar Hillary Duff to play. <laughs> Someone, we'll see, question mark? You know, I think this is um, Disney Plus's loss because they turned down that Lizzie McGuire reboot. So Hillary Duff had to look for another TV show, you know? And mm-hmm. boom, Hulu comes along, it's Disney again. Maybe they reworked it a bit, I'm not sure, but it seems like it's a little too connected to be a coincidence. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see that later this year. I believe it's going to premiere for the fall season. I'm probably not going to watch it, but, you know. Okay, uh, Roku has mentioned that Google, or sorry, YouTube TV may be removed from all Roku devices. Uh, Google has apparently asked them to limit searches on the YouTube app to only YouTube results, but Roku wants it to be a all-around or an all-around search engine. So your search results would hit Netflix or HBO, yada yada. And the most interesting part about this piece of news for me is that Roku apparently makes up 44% of streaming traffic in America. I believe it. I mean, it's literally like a Fire Stick or an Apple TV, but cheaper. And it's like the... What's it called? Like, it's sold... I think uh, I forget where I read this, but it's like it's like one of the most sold devices at like Walmart, like in the electronics section. So like I totally believe it. It's just a really affordable way to get your streaming. I mean, I yeah, just totally did not know it was forty four percent. I mean, that's almost majority. That's pretty damn close to majority, which is insane to me. I mean, when you really think that it's not two things, it probably is the majority, right? Like, so, even if it's not yeah. technically more than 50%, right? But if it's split eight ways or nine ways. Right, it's probably definitely number one up there for sure. Um, yeah, that's insane to me. Uh, you know, all those, the 44% of streaming traffic in America can now watch those Queeby originals. But, um, so, Russell Crowe, I think we announced this, or talked about it a couple weeks ago, where Russell Crowe was cast in Thor 4. Um, yeah, but we didn't know what. Yes, now it has come out that he is playing Zeus. I presume. Interesting. Yeah, the Greek god, you know Zeus. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, Thor's father, I believe. Oh yeah, uh, definitely Thor's father for sure, for sure. You know Jupiter, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, Odin, Zeus, same guy, right? So this this is leading me to believe that they're finally just going to introduce the Greek pantheon into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I'm not sure if they ever have. Obviously, they've had the Norse one, and the Greek one has played a part. Uh, Hercules is a huge character in the Marvel Universe, so I'm not really surprised by this. But, um, you know, maybe you'll set up a Hercules movie. Who knows? I'm not yeah, sure. so, like, what... Are there superheroes? Like, the Asgardians are kind of superheroes, obviously, right? Are there superheroes outside of, like, Hercules that are, like... Or, you know, like Zeus's children or anything that, like, get a part in the Marvel 
universe? Like, I literally had no idea that non-Norse yeah, mythology uh, was even canon. Yeah, Hercules is uh, a huge part of, like, uh, classic Thor. A lot of classic Thor storylines. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure Hercules and the Greek pantheon started as, like, villains for the Avengers way back when. And then slowly got adopted into just kind of the larger Marvel roster. But, yeah, they I mean, they talk about... I'm pretty sure they talk about, like, uh, Indian God, uh, what, Kali the Destroyer, or... They have, they have a um, lot of mythology within Marvel. They get to play around with it. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure Marvel's the company that had the creator, who's basically the god of the Marvel Universe, but he's just, you know, the writer. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, if we get a Greek Pantheon movie, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's kind of crazy that Russell Crowe is playing, I would assume, a non-major character in this new Thor movie. Oh, this is the same Thor movie that has um, Christian Bale being uh, yeah. Gore? Yeah, this could be a cool ass movie, right? Dude. I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, Natalie is Portman is directed by Waititi or whatever his fucking yeah Taika Waititi. Yeah, yeah, I might like this movie. Holy shit! Yeah, I mean, I'm let it, I'm, let it, let it be I, shown. This might be like one of four Marvel movies I will like. <laughs> Maybe you know it, it. It might not ever top Guardians of the Galaxy one the first time. No, I don't think anything will. But um, you know, I'm partial to Iron Man one, but whatever you know when we do yeah, a special when we do it a special so episode um where we watch all the marvel movies that's something gonna happen right <laughs> no okay uh speaking of disney their new haunted mansion reboot has Classic. <laughs> of course i mean disney and reboots come on now right, name yeah, a better combo yeah. Yeah, yeah, a more iconic duo there is not. <laughs> uh, yeah, the movie will be directed by uh, the director of Dear White People, Justin Simeon. It's I... actually a really good show, so that's kind of hype. See, I, I've never watched it, so I'll take your word for it. You wouldn't get it, honestly. <laughs> I mean, you know I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with that one. But I just think it's interesting that The Haunted Mansion, is that really relevant still? Or was it relevant the first time? The movie, if I recall correctly, was shit the first time. Uh, so, no, you're not wrong. But, I mean, if it's done well enough, I think it'll do fine. And, it, what I mean, what's it going to be? Is it going to be a movie movie? Or is it going to be, like, a Disney Plus original thing? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. It, it, <laughs> that's a toss-up these days. Yeah, well, in either way, like, I imagine it's only going to... It won't cost them fucking zillion dollars, and it'll make at least some money back, especially if it's actually, you know, shot and released by the time theaters are actually a thing again. Yeah, you, you know what? I was thinking about it. I just recalled that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is a, an attraction-based movie, so I guess I can't say anything because that movie just, or that series prints money for them. Correct. And they have that, uh, what's that new one? Jungle Cruise with The Rock think that comes out this year yikes all right that's enough you're making me (laughs) nauseous all right well speaking of reboots that are gonna get you excited lionsgate is contemplating or thinking about producing a tv show based on the series the saw series that could be interesting 
you know, I'm I mean, going to play it out, but as a TV show, that might be better than the movies. The movies are so fucking boring. You know, I'm going to hold my judgment until that new uh, book of Saw comes out. And then maybe I'll be open to a show because if you just said a show right now after watching, you know, all eight of those five. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. After watching all eight of those, I'm okay on a TV show. I don't really need that. I don't think. But if this new book of Saul is good, I could be down. Well, setting a high bar for one, a horror movie that's modern and two, a franchise that's so dated and fucking outplayed itself that there's no chance that it's good, but I'll let you I'll let you keep that hope. It's got Chris <laughs> Rock and Samuel Jackson. Come on now. It's possible. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Alright. Um so this should have been brought up with the Marvel news, but whatever. Adam McKay has talked about how he still is interested in making a Silver Surfer movie. I'm not sure if you care about this at all, but I would really like a Silver Surfer movie as a fan of the uh, the original animated series and just that cosmic galactic feel of Silver Surfer and all of his plot lines. I couldn't even tell you who Silver Surfer is, really. Uh, alien named Norrin Rad. Uh, you know, he becomes Galactus's herald. You get it. Becomes a Silver oh, Surfer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He basically gets super just uber powers as long as he's on the surfboard. And he goes around space finding uh, planets for Galactus to eat. This was one of those uh, Jessica Alba Fantastic Four ones, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The second one was called uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, I believe. Awesome. You know, not my favorite movie, but... It, depicted Silver Surfer okay. Like, it didn't do any crime against him. They didn't change up his design. He was just a naked silver man. As he should be. I guess that's fun. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know, the other week, I think I gave Discovery Plus some shit. I think we gave some Discovery Plus some shit. I give it shit every time we talk about it. Well, they can... uh, boast that they now have 15 million subscribers and counting uh that's you know more than i would assume that's just that somehow is exactly what i would have assumed and also more how is that possible <laughs> because i think any result that was above maybe a million is actually kind of surprising because so that discovery also owns what Food Network, Animal Planet, HGTV, History Channel, TLC. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Maybe A and E. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, Travel Channel. So if it owns A and E, it probably owns Lifetime, right? Okay, so it's got a fair number. So yeah, I think even just Food Network and like HGTV alone probably make up a bulk of like the decisions to go. And I'm pretty sure the uh, what the ad free was cheap as fuck, wasn't it? That we talked about it was like four ninety nine or less. No, I think that's with ads. It's four ninety nine. Oh. And then ad free is a little more. See, my roommate he uh, bought a month just to watch the Forged on Fire TV show I talked about the mm-hmm, other episode, mm-hmm. and chopped, that's it. But not chopped. 
yeah, chopping but knives. But that's it. So I wonder if this is has any longevity or if, you know, has any staying power. Because, you know, the name of the game I'd say these days is Originals. So without What is it? Is it fifteen million subs over its lifetime or is it fifteen million subs currently? I believe it's active subs. Hmm. Like right now. That's Actually three days ago or so when this article came out. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know what? Good on them, I guess, for maybe making it through. I really doubt it. I I don't see Discovery Plus lasting forever. Who knows, though? Alright, uh, you know what? Another reboot. Fox is set to reboot the popular TV series Fantasy Island. Uh, you know, this is... That. It's an old one. I don't have any nostalgia for it whatsoever. But I figured it's popular enough you know kind of in the older zeitgeist to be mentioned just pretty much I, i'm pretty sure this is just reboots the news or that, that's all we cover in this show right 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 so yeah i just i figured i might as well include it this time and speaking of reboots <laughs> recent oscar winner and nominee another round starring maz mickelson is getting an american reboot with Leonardo DiCaprio producing and probably starring. Well, that's hardly a reboot. That's more of a remake. Right? Oh, like, uh, you it's know. slightly different. Well, one's because it's a foreign language film. And the other's because people forgot about it enough that it'll make them money again to make it the thing again. This is like that movie just won an Oscar this year for whatever foreign film. That's why I don't love the idea of it. Like the movie just came out, guys. <laughs> let it breathe a bit well and like the concept isn't even that crazy like literally the only thing that would make it different is like maybe some american culture but mostly just english like that's it it's totally it feels different a little, bit lazy. Yeah. Feels a little bit lazy i mean and this is totally a movie that i would rather i think watch in the original language so yeah this is just weird yeah I, i'd say every live action movie <laughs> I would want to watch in the original language. Like, I mean, it, it worked so well for the old boy reboot. Spike Lee did such a great job. It's funny that that was the first thing that came to my mind too. Because I mean, because it shouldn't happen. This this just shouldn't happen. It's not how it works. This won't make the movie any better. If anything, it'll probably make it worse. But yes, you're right. It would probably make it worse. I'm not saying Leonardo DiCaprio is a bad actor, okay? I'd be lying if I said that. But <laughs> I don't think he's going to carry the movie into into another, you know, um, I don't know. To be different enough to be set apart from. Exactly, without being just so samey. No. Right. No, I, I agree. And you want to see this transition? Speaking of <laughs> another reboot. My God! All right, that's enough. <laughs> I'm fucking going home, dude. We're just gonna have a list of reboots every week. I'm gonna list them off. All right. I think uh, it should be its own segment. It's just reboots. <laughs> this one comes in the way of Elizabeth Banks. She is going to produce and star in a Flintstones reboot. It's currently titled Bedrock. I guess that's you know edgy to call right. the reboot whatever the location is. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Flintstones has just not been relevant for a while now. I didn't even ever watch it, really. Like, it was sometimes on, sometimes, like on Cartoon Network. And uh, I never was like, this is awesome. Or I was like about Boomerang. to say, yeah, it was on Boomerang by the time we were growing up. 
So I'm like, it's just like I didn't even eat the fucking vitamins. Okay, I had like no indoctrination with it. I just I don't even care about it at all. It's it's kind of insane to me that they would try to go this route. Uh, you know, th- this might not even come out because I'm not sure if you recall, but the Jetsons was supposed to have a reboot with Kanye West producing and starring. And that never happened. So I, I wonder if this is even going to get off the ground. Uh, it is confirmed animated, though. So I guess there's a little positive, a little shimmer of hope. Wasn't there, wasn't there a Flintstones live-action thing? Yeah, with John Goodman. And then the there's 90s? a... Yeah. Then there was a sequel that didn't have John Goodman. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember hearing great things about it. And you know what? I would mention that the that Universal is rebooting the Borrowers, but I just did. And we're going to move on to non-reboots. Okay, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but World of Darkness slash Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, it's a video game universe, board game, nope. tabletop RPG. Uh-uh. Okay, nope. <laughs> okay. Well, it's being developed into a live-action movie slash TV universe whatever you call it these days i don't know if universe is even the right word anymore i i uh, sure, sure. <laughs> okay there we go it's a headache already just thinking why man why do we have to turn every interesting i don't even know if this ip is interesting so let me take a step back and just be like why can't we just let things exist in like one type of media and like not turn it into a movie or TV show? Like, just let it, let it be, man. Uh, like, is this something that the people who play this board game slash card game or whatever the fuck it is want? Like, probably not. Does that seem interesting to them? You know, they're probably the ones who are gonna just shit all over it and never watch it ever. If I had to guess, I yeah, mean, so I'm like, I'm like, who is this made? Like, people still aren't crazy about fucking. Zombies, let alone fucking vampires, which were old before zombies were old. Like, I don't know. It just seems weird. Like, of all the lazy things, this might be the laziest. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. You're going to explain oh, that, 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 we've said, that, we've, that we've said today. Oh, just today. Okay, maybe. Yeah, it's not, possible. not of all time. That's insane. No, no, no. It, it kind of reminds me of the Dungeons & Dragons reboot we've talked about a couple times. Um you know, I, I totally get that that property has value and name recognition, but are the Dungeons & Dragons people the really the ones who are going to enjoy some popcorn, you know, uh, surface-level summer blockbuster? No. <laughs> right. So that that's why I just, I, I assume that's what's going to happen with this. It's going to be a TV show, it's going to be a Netflix original, it's going to look like a CW show that got shoved aside, you know. All right. Uh, speaking of non-reboots, thank the Lord. Master okay. Master of None got a season three trailer, and this isn't really news, but it's kind of nice seeing how it stopped for a while. Well, because he was canceled, right? Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I believe it was in part because he was canceled. But it's nice to see because this show is actually you know, pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I I can't really even remember the second season, but I remember really, really enjoying the first season, so, you know, 
I'm 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 cool with it. I'm, I'm that's interesting enough. Okay. Uh, yeah. Some more Netflix news. Uh, Netflix announced an animated show called American the Motion Picture. With the description a cross between Avengers and the Patriot. Let me tell what you. Does that even mean? It looks. It's an animated. I, maybe it's a movie. I'm not sure. But it looks pretty insane, and I'm not sure if it's going to be a genius satire or going to be totally tone deaf. Uh, because it has like a ripped George Washington voiced by Channing Tatum, and there's a RoboCop. Straight up, just looks like RoboCop in the background. Um, it just—it's very interesting to me because this could be really good, you know, if they make fun of America's history in this way, over the top. I think that could uh, lend itself well. But if they're just doing it for the memes, I could be shitting on it come six months from now. Yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably hear you tell me about it. Is right. my, the, the most involved I'll be with it, if I had to be honest. All right, and our last bit of news um, concerns last weekend the Oscars happened. What? Yeah, the Oscars. I'm not sure if you knew that, but the Oscars happened. Yeah, I didn't. Hold yeah, uh, you know, if you didn't know that, there's a super special bonus cast episode that you can listen to. Where we uh, rank the Wait, where, best where pictures. Can find, where can I find that? You know what? You can actually find on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. All right. over. <laughs> so, um, I don't know which part to start with. I'll start with Nomadland won Best Picture. And, John, if you recall, uh, Nomadland was ranked 7 out of 8 on our list. I recall it actually sucked a giant bag of donkey dicks, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry if this is a hot take for any of you listeners, but uh, this felt like an Alexander Payne movie, and that's about it. And the fact that this one is kind of so cliche, I realize the director, Chloe Zhao, I realize that's a huge deal, being, uh, I think, the second woman ever to win Best Director and Best Picture. I get that that's yeah. a huge deal, but this movie was nothing crazy. Yeah, it didn't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could go my whole life without watching that movie ever again. I'd be okay. I probably will. I. So, obviously, you and I wanted the father to win. Uh, I expected that wasn't going to happen. But I literally would have rather had Promising Young Woman or Sound of Metal... Or even uh, even Judas, which I wasn't even a huge, crazy fan of. You know, it was great, but, you know, not my movie of the year, even. If there were to be two that I thought the Oscars would eat up, it would be on a random whim, if they aired on the side of, like, let's keep with the times, Promising Young Woman. I could have totally seen that do it. But if I had to go with conventional, I would have totally thought Sound of Metal. Yeah, I and even thought Minari. If- uh, I thought it was maybe. possible. Okay, Minari, which is uh, ranked you know, number six. Maybe, maybe this is me overthinking it, but I go like, I, I, I feel like they would intentionally stay away from Minari because fucking, uh, oh shit, what was the Korean movie that Parasite. won last year? Yeah, par- yeah, because Parasite, and they're like, you know, we don't want you to think that 
you know, we have any favoritism or like, you know, whatever random, bl- like right. completely unrelated movies, different directors, but people will be like, no, nah, but they're Korean people in both. So I, you know, I hope that's not how the voters of the Academy work. <laughs> I really hope that's You're kidding, not. right? It's just about whatever sells more. Uh, yeah, I and know. Obviously. A bunch of controversy and sold more. I, you know, I don't think it stirred a bunch of controversy. I think um, the reason being, well, no, I think the reason being is that only 9 million people watched this year. That is opposed to the 29 million that watched last year. So I don't think there's going to be much controversy about anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like I, I, even if this was a live event and there was a terrible mishap, nobody watched it. So not a huge deal. And I, I wonder, obviously, you have to wonder if this is coronavirus, pandemic, whatever, the effects of that. But that's pretty low. No, that's super low. And I can't imagine, like, what would the fucking pandemic have to do with people tuning in on their TV? <gasps> you know, well, maybe they didn't go to the theaters to watch the movies. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, that probably plays a role. Yeah. <laughs> If no one's seen the movies and no one wants to pay $20 to rent a movie for two days because they have to review it for a podcast, then they <laughs> might not care. True, true, true. But yeah, I mean, that's a huge drop. 29.6 million versus 9.85. Um, the previous lowest rating was two years ago, and I'm pretty sure it was still 20 million or around 20 million. It's just kind of crazy to me. This is a. You know, if my TV show dropped half its more than half its viewers the second season, you'd probably get canceled. <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad. <laughs> At the very least, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I guess there's going to be an Oscars next year. Hopefully, they I guess they'll chalk it up to something. Blame it on coronavirus, obviously. It's the pandemic. But yeah, uh, that is our last piece of news. If you want to go over the album releases for the week. Sure. Uh, April 30th, we've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, And again, I'm going to try to keep it to the quote-unquote highlights, but uh, apologies because there's no way that it's actually what everyone wants to hear. But uh, Alchemist, you know, the producer, DJ, rapper dude. Yes. uh, He's got an album coming out called This Thing of Ours. Does he rap? Uh. Supposedly, according to his wiki page. <laughs> okay, I've, not heard him, I've not heard him rap, but it is supposedly a thing in his repertoire. So Totally. Yeah, all right, sorry. So yeah, Alchemist, this thing of ours. Um, Dropkick Murphys, you know, the band everyone <laughs> just absolutely loves. That little Celt- Celtic punk sound that just you can't get enough of. Very relevant, uh, popping even. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Turn Up That Dial, it's their 10th album. Uh Again, this fucking Friday tomorrow. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's almost April, bro. It's crazy. Um, it's almost what April. What's the next one? Or May? Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking Julia Michaels. I'm sure you've at least heard of her, whether you listen to her music or not. I'm totally gonna pretend like I have. Really? She's a singer songwriter. She's won some Grammys and. She's mostly known as like I guess like a writer, like a not necessarily a ghostwriter because I think people know, but she writes like a bunch of pop stuff for so Fifth Harmony, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, Britney Spears, Justin Bieber, Gladys Bonnie. Um, her she has a solo album coming out. Um, 
not in chronological order, if I can read that correctly. Yeah, not in chronological order. Um, and then the big one, the uh, probably what will be end up being the most talked about one, and probably the most played that you and I will ever hear. Goddamn DJ Khaled has another one of his fucking hell yeah collab albums coming out. And this hell one, yeah. can you, what, what do you think it would be called if you had to um, guess the name of a Khaled? Project? Hold on, his son's name is uh, was it Assad? Uh, yeah. His son's name is Assad, so it's like Assad 3, your future. I don't know, something shitty like that. Khalid Khalid. Just his last name, twice. Oh. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Well, can't argue with that one. Yep. And then um, Manchester Orchestra? Uh, Again, another irrelevant fucking... Definitely. are they considered indie? I don't really know what their sound is. They were, you know, they were far back enough that, yeah, I think they were still indie at the time. Because indie wasn't such a succinct way of putting that genre into words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, think, I think indie probably fits best, but yeah, the, the Million Masks of God, which... Can we come out with, like, way less pretentious album names, please? Like, I, I don't know. I'm okay with it. It's kind of medley. It's just so fucking dumb. Um, there's a Pink Floyd live album coming out, which no one cares about, and I won't talk about it. How anymore. many people of Pink Floyd are even alive these days? Well, it's just a live, like a like from the '90s. Like someone oh, just ripped oh, just the YouTube video, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put it out as an Got album. It. Yes. Um, and then uh, for the bonus special, I've never heard of this group slash person, but. It sounds interesting, and I want to check it out. Uh, Gojira, yeah. a French heavy metal band. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of them. They got a new album coming out. I I couldn't tell you a single song, but I they might have had a song on Rock Band. Maybe Rock Band mm. 2. Maybe that's how I know them. But, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have known from the name alone, you know. I just would have been like, oh, sound cool. Um, but yeah, that's it as far as albums go. Unfortunately, not a ton of stuff, but I think that DJ Cal project would probably be fucking gigantic. Okay, uh, you want to move on to the highlights, show and tell of the week? Sure thing. Um, you can start if you want. Yeah, um, since we cut out last week, I just kind of fused a couple, just one thing. So I watched mm-hmm. Pushing Daisy season one. Nice, nice. I really enjoy the writing and the character interactions, but damn, man, I don't like the whole um, <laughs> whimsical, <clears throat> maybe the whimsicality, whatever you want to call it. The early Tim Burton or early 2000s, late 90s Tim Burton kind of feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just not my thing. You know, I, I want to like it. That kind of melancholy happiness, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase that feeling. Um, I don't know. Right, like it's dark and eerie subject matter, but somehow it's like just spun on its head and is somehow now like light and whimsical and you're rooting for, you know, weird necromancy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's so casual about its subject matter that... There's all there's definitely nothing like it, I don't think, or I don't believe. So I I really want to finish it because, you know, it's just so unique and 
the character interactions are insane, but like that kind of writing makes me feel like an idiot sometimes. Just because, you know, their quips or their reactions to each other. It's it doesn't feel like a writer set up their joke as much as, oh, that's what the character would say. Right. And, you know, I, I gotta give it props to that. Uh Lee Pace always kills it. And then uh, He's excellent in it. And honestly, so is um I'm forgetting the actor's name who plays the detective that works yes. with him as part. <laughs> I was about to say I do not know his name. I But yeah, he's excellent. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I might finish that. Might not. I'm, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to. I finished season it, one, so. It, well, and I, I told you I wasn't sure how season two would end. It it ends nice enough. Like, it it ends with an ending that, at the very least, if not like expected, is appreciable. Gotcha. So, so you're able to sort of move on. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, there's no big, huge, looming questions just left in the void or anything. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I was debating whether to put this one with news or not, but the other week, I, it's probably a month or two ago, I said I watched a Netflix documentary called My Octopus Teacher. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It apparently won an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't care for it, so this is just reiterating why I don't do the Oscars, mostly. <laughs> The, the fact yeah. that this won an Oscar and the lesson I learned from it was uh, be empathetic and hang out with an octopus instead of your family for a year. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention that. I'll move on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ugh. That first episode was rough, man. I, I you, you told me, or you warned me about it, and I didn't believe you. But damn, that first episode was so boring and almost set up nothing that I cared about. It was almost impressive. Yeah, I like, I finished, well, you know, I, I watched half of it. I fell asleep about halfway through. It's only like a half hour episode, which is hilarious. But, like, you gained nothing from watching the whole thing other than, like, slightly setting up the show. Yeah. And for a first episode, like, that's like one of the worst things you can do, I feel like. Like, Everyone already knew who the characters were. You've done nothing to introduce these characters together outside of you've introduced these characters together, <laughs> you know? And to spend 30 minutes saying, like, hey, these two guys might work together now. Hi. Like, I don't know. It felt really dumb. And then, you know, they obviously introduced the new Captain America, which is whatever. But that's, like, literally what, in the last 30 seconds. Yes. I, I believe so. That was the last bit of the episode. So, yeah, I'm, I, like... I had no interest in continuing watching it or doing, you know, anything or, related to it. All right. Well, I have a sickness, so I finished it all. Um, <laughs> so I'll just kind of keep it short, keep it brief. But my younger 13, 12 year old self has been waiting for Baron Zemo to be on the TV or to be on a live action show or movie and just have a cool scene, or at least be represented well, for so long it hurts. And this show finally did it, but only for about an hour. Uh, Baron Zemo gets a really cool scene or two, and he has some really good writing. He's like he's well-written for the character, you know, very faithful. But that's it. Other than that, the show does nothing I cared about. It's had some stupid emotional value 
just just stupid emotional value. It, it didn't feel real at all. It just feel, felt concocted to give Anthony Mackey's uh, Falcon to give him some reason to not be Falcon or to be a regular person, you know? Oh, yes. he has this earth life or he has this regular life that he has to look out for. And it just doesn't mesh well with, you know, what the show is actually trying to be, which is like right. this action Anything thriller. Else is happening. And the show doesn't really do anything for me. Uh, I can't tell if I'm being pandered to because they tackle race head on. I mean, just head on. And I I don't know, you know, I, I can't really judge it by that. All I can say is I, I couldn't tell whether it was good or not when it came to that or whether it was tasteful, you know. It, it, it kind of felt like Disney just admitting to uh or not admitting but recognizing that having a black captain america is a big deal but it almost felt forced if that makes sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah uh, yeah so judge for yourself i'm not sure but yeah moving on to music uh that nora jones live album compilation album came out a couple weeks ago and mm -hmm. i just want to talk about her cover and rendition of black hole sun it's awesome. her tribute to Chris Cornell. It's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. I've probably listened to it 20 or 30 times since it came out because it was just on YouTube because she played at a live show. So it's really nice that this is on Spotify and I have easy access to it. But I would definitely recommend. Then Azizi Gibson came out with a new single called Zoo, X-U. And, you know, it's Azizi Gibson. I really like it. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt, but because I, that was on my list of things too, I thought it was terrible. That song Whoa. specifically, it didn't sound like normal as easy. It felt like really boring, like sing rap garbage. Like it just was. I don't know. I really, really was like this album needs to come out already because he's dropped like six singles. I told and you. Now, I, now my hype is dwindling. I told you. I told you it'd be at least a month. Till that other single came out. Um, I know, but how many singles? Like, it, there better be twenty songs on this thing, or he's released half the content. He usually puts sixteen to like fifteen, maybe twenty on an album. But uh, did you not listen to Zelda's Lullaby? Because that's very singer rappy, and I thought you would hate that one. But um, yeah, it's Easy Gibson. You know what? I still like it. And my last last little bit is. Sorry. You know what? You're not stupid for having that opinion. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, you're stupid for not liking it, so how about that one? Oh, fuck. Yep. Get, played yourself. All right, so let me reframe that, actually. Uh, you know how I listened to that one EP by a guy named Tommy Newport? Yes. Well, he came out with a single featuring Earth Gang. Mm-hmm. And it's called Stargazer. Mm -hmm. the first time around i wasn't really a huge fan but i think the more i listen to it it's definitely growing on me because it almost feels like two separate songs it's got that what was the anderson pack bruno mars song leave the door open yeah leave the door open where it feels like two separate artists on one song or you know what i'm saying just two separate ideas on one single song where they both stand out, but they're not meshing too well. So it's good. It's all right. I definitely listen to it. 
And uh, that's all I did. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I genuinely couldn't tell you if I watched anything in the last two weeks outside of the movies that we've talked about and one uh one kong versus godzilla yes i can't wait uh so they really again i mean you've you've talked about all the points so well that it's almost doesn't bear repeating but then you remember that this is like you know like a 200 million dollar summer blockbuster type movie 200 million yeah and you're like oh yeah it was shit and here's why so 40 minutes in and you get like a half baked fight. Yeah. And then finally at the end of the movie, you finally get like one big good fight. And you know, it's kind of cool to see King Kong use like a weapon, but kind of stupid. Like, yeah. Also dumb, but it, it was cool enough. Like I was fine with that. That wasn't what was so bothersome. The bothersome parts were that one, like Brian Cranston, who, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, that just wasn't a character. Don't worry about that. Uh, and then there was, like, so much human content for so little, like, investment in the characters. Yes, it was weird how much human like, content there they, was. Yeah, they somehow progressed the plot without making me care at all about what was happening. <laughs> right, like, uh, comparatively to the Brian Cranston slash... Uh, what's his name, Aaron Taylor Johnson in Godzilla 1, I felt as though that human element was really, you know, crafted together. They put a lot of thought into it, at least. You know, Mm -hmm. think what you want, whether you didn't get enough Godzilla in that movie. That's besides the point. I really think they had a character, his emotional, you know, his emotional motivations and why he's going after Godzilla. Whereas this is just... Hey, you know those characters from the last movie? Well, we added some more here and there. We got rid of a couple. Um, now there's a girl who can speak sign language to Kong. It just, yeah, I it, literally, yeah, yeah I'm and like, ugh, just you know, one of my biggest gripes about, and this really tried to border on the line of science fiction, but failed miserably to get there. Uh, just throwing science words around made-up fiction words doesn't make it science fiction. You know, yeah, huh. like, when they, when they use the skull of fucking Ghidorah to somehow harvest... <laughs> we, we connected a mesh fiber work into its DNA to harvest a life link. You know, and you're like, you've just said a bunch of words that can't possibly make sense. Like, you've just said words together that don't make a sense. Like, I don't... Ugh, I just did not like it at all. Yeah, well, um, King Ghidorah had to use telepathy because the heads were so far apart, okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, did so you... Anyway, hold yeah. on, did you at least um, enjoy the hilarious comedic value that that one kid brought? The uh, the chubby kid from Deadpool 2? The New Zealand kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was not funny at all. Yeah, I didn't right. make once. But the um, uh, paper boy, paper boy, <laughs> he was awesome. I liked his character. Yeah, he wasn't bad. He was the one. You know, it made me really sad though because I went like he's not technically a side character. He's kind of like one of the main characters in this movie, but he felt like a side character. All the characters felt like a side character. That, well, yeah, yeah, right. But I just mean 
it's really sad because he's like he's so good in everything he's in. Like he even had like a little side character role in uh, Walking Phoenix Joker. And I'm just like, can this guy get like a lead role in something, please? Like he's a really talented actor. Sadly, he'll probably just get a Netflix original movie that nobody will watch. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be his directorial debut too. Yeah, probably. Oh, actually. Frick, I wanted to talk about that, uh, but thank you for reminding me. So, did you see that the Lakeith Stanfield Yasuke anime Netflix Yasuke, thing? Yeah. yeah, comes out today. I did not know it came out today, but that's good. So to maybe know. We, maybe we watch it this week and talk about it on, in addition to whatever else we do. Because I'm probably going to watch it, so I figured if I watch it, you might want to watch it. And we can discuss. I'm sorry. Why are you watching? <laughs> what? Because I like Lakeith Stanfield. I try oh, to stand okay. my boy whenever I can. All right. You want to keep hating on the Converse vs. Godzilla? No, I'm done. Um, basically, just uh, bad movie. It was shit, and I didn't like it. Oh, oh, hold on. One last thing. Even though I already talked about it, that uh, name drop for Mecha Godzilla, real bad. I, you know, I don't want to go too much into what we're going to talk about this week, but that was the same problem I had with Mortal Kombat. Uh, like, what are oh, these? We'll get to that. No, just, just skip over. Drops, skip over that. Um, so yeah, so as far as music then, because I really, like, I really watched nothing. Um, like, actually, I did watch this documentary, but I really am not trying to get into, I want this to be a lighthearted thing, and the documentary was not lighthearted. So. <laughs> Thanks for censoring yourself. Yeah, well, because it's about climate change, and. Yeah, you know. I don't, I don't want to get on, like, a vegan soapbox. Listen, thing, yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, so if you want to watch and the name doesn't hold back. Like I should have known from the get go that it was going to be a big one, but it's called the uh, Racing Extinction. Awesome, <laughs> that's really optimistic. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, it's probably right, but no, you should watch it for sure. But fuck, um, that's all I'll say about it. So, um, yeah, there was this. Uh, let's see, from last week that I, I listened to that Paul McCartney reimagined thing, the reimagined. Um, Really, none of the songs changed that much for me to enjoy. Um, I listened to one with Hunter, with Dominic uh, Fike, Feek, whatever his name is. Um, it's actually me, pretty decent. You're telling me they weren't reimagined? <laughs> well, they they were reimagined. They just weren't made better. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> uh, and there was one. So Anderson Pack remixed one that was okay. And I think again, I'm just give. I'm just biased because I really like Anderson Pack. You know. True. Um. And also St. Vincent had one that I didn't think was too bad. But there was one with Beck that was just abysmal. Um, and I really didn't like the Phoebe Bridgers one either, which is surprising because I really like her. But, you know, it's to be expected when a – I shouldn't say washed up. I don't know that Paul McCartney or anyone who's knighted could be washed up. But, like, he's not, making, he's not making relevant music. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just – it's a sound that's dated as fuck. And he's – dated as fuck it just like his voice sounds old he can't like he doesn't have the range anymore right it feels like he's exhausted his writing ability and so like having these you know contemporary artists come in and try to spice it up should have worked wonders for his original songs and felt more like somehow made a bad thing worse for most of them so yeah uh, if you really like paul mccartney or like any of these individual artists maybe check out like one of you know, whichever song that that person that you like did, but 
I can't really recommend it. It was not particularly good. It was pretty one note, um, which is again, you know, unfortunate. Um, and then uh, again, I've been browsing my like suggested pop lists of like random playlists on Spotify that I get recommended from Spotify itself, the old algorithm there. Um, and there were two songs I added on the 422 playlist. One's called A Little Bit Bored and the other one's called Cloud Nine. Uh, it knows me so well that every week I end up finding like two or three songs like this that are just like instant bangers for me. Um, and again, they're not actually bangers, so take it with a grain of salt. I, I, I love the opposite experience we get from Spotify recommendations. Because I, I don't because think I'm Spotify knows me. <laughs> Spotify, yeah. uh, every time I listen to, this is a very specific situation, but every time I listen to one of Azizi's new singles that came out in the last few months, if I let it play, it'll play a song by Xavier Wolf, who's a rapper I enjoy, and the song I enjoy, but I'm telling you, it's every single time, so I, I right. swear- you, know, you like Azizi? You like this song? <laughs> I swear, at the end of the year, Xavier Wolf's gonna be my top artist, but I haven't, like- sought him out at all that's funny that's just my experience yeah i mean we definitely are having different experiences about that but it's okay we can't all be perfect um so yeah then the 429 uh playlist today's playlist i listened to that fucking i talked about it on one of the you know the albums coming out thing but i listened to that full porter robinson i don't know like electro pop edm kind of shit i like one um, porter robinson song so there's a whole there's there's a, there's a few people from school that not current school but uh uk that like i follow on instagram and stuff and they you know constantly share their music taste as if they're like i mean i think most people think they have good music taste you know what i mean um but then there's some people who like specifically just listen to indie music like this and like are kind of uppity about it you know which i think is different than what like i think most people if they're sharing songs on social media just because they're like hey you all should listen to this it's pretty good and there's other people who i think like really try to be like elitist about it you know what i mean and they're like oh you know him you know right and all the people who share that vibe really fucking shared the shit out of this album um and i was like okay i like you know you're just building a false sense of this is going to be good for me uh and of course lo and behold i didn't really like it it was way too long and just really no fucking originality like super one-dimensional um yeah i don't even really want to give it the time of day anymore um but really the highlight of anything i listened to out of the two weeks was the actual stargazer suggestion that you know you found um and i just listened to it because it was on the playlist mm-hmm. um which is really really good the earth gang song um then uh, that Shelter song, um, which was like a very, you know, topical, like peak BLM slash like, um, you know, like those rides last summer that uh, Vic Mensa and Chance put out. Uh, the acoustic version of it came out. So there's like not like any real production on it. It's really just like super simple drums and then just them rapping, um, which makes it way more emotional and uh, makes it a much better song for me. Uh, and so, like, besides those two things, like, really everything I've been listening to is kind of trash. Did so. you ever listen to that uh, Imperfect Storm EP by Wale that I talked about? Perfect Storm? I don't think I got around to it, actually. No. Okay. Well, it's the same subject matter. I just think it does it really well, in case you're wondering. What's, what's it called again? Imperfect Storm. 
like perfect, but not. You get it. Yeah, I, I just don't see it here on Spotify, is why I asked. Um, it's a car on fire, I think, is the cover. Uh, uh, for some reason, I searched Imperfect Storm, it didn't come up. The Imperfect Storm, it comes up. Of course. Fun. Totally different. Yeah. You know what, I'll add it to this week's playlist. Um, so yeah, uh, we can move on, honestly. that's I really had nothing. It's just been a boring couple of weeks as far as things I've been enjoyed. There's been way more interesting things from the things we've been suggested uh, than things I've ended up finding on my own, which is really sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm in the same boat, really. If we want to move on to the reviews. Oh, so yeah, fuck me. We, <laughs> is, there, is there one you want to start with? I want to start with I, the album. Because I can okay. talk I about like, it way I, I, less. Yeah, okay, same, same, same. So, um... The album, which I don't know if you saw my message earlier, but it's a Michigan boy boat. That's what I wrote down. Yeah, I didn't realize that, and I was calling it Michigan Boat Boy before. Uh, <laughs> I like Boat Boy better. It, it makes more sense to me in my head. I go like, he's a boat boy. What the fuck is a boy boat? It sounds like a pedophile. Michigan ring. boy you boat. Know, that sounds like something. Sounds like something fucking Jeffrey Epstein has. <laughs> it's a Michigan <laughs> boy boat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, there's a there's an evolution because it was a little boat, and now he's a Michigan the, boy. But I, I don't. Bet, I bet there's a nautical theme and a uh, uh, a childlike manner to him. I get it. That's he's good because young... I don't get it. But I only get the title. I don't get <laughs> what the fuck this project was trying to be, and I don't know why an Atlanta rapper who has like super mainstream success is doing this. Like, let me put on a bunch of Michigan rappers album and like. It just made no. It was so out of the blue and unorthodox that I was kind of interested just from the sake of like, wow, this could really be something like unique and different. And for sure, it was unique, and for sure, it was different. But in like the both the worst ways that those two things. I was could be about taken. to say maybe for Lil Yachty, this is unique and different. You know like how many I mean, for someone for someone who's got like you know quote unquote critical acclaim and like huge mega stardom success of like being you know worth more than a hundred million dollars, this is unique in the rap sphere. I you, feel well, like. uh, I mean just. Drawing from personal experience, way back when, when I worked at the gas station, I would have a lot mm -hmm. of people give me their mixtapes or CDs with, you know, their little EP launch mixtape, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they were way better than this. And some well, of them no, sound yeah. exactly like this. Yeah, and this is just garbage trash. And, like, I've been reading a bunch of shit um, about it because I was really curious what people thought about it. Um and there's kind of like there's like this weird like dichotomy, right? So there's this one camp that's like, this is just bad music, and I'm sorry, you need to get over it. And there's another camp that's like, yeah, but he put on so many people, and like, you know, if you really follow like the Michigan trap scene right now, like this is like super big and goes really hard, and like you just don't get it. And I'm like, you can't gatekeep trap music, let alone like Michigan trap music, just because this happens to be the worst version of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't just, like, be like, oh, well, you know, it's the Beatles, so it's good. You know? Like, no, that's not how it works. Like, Beatles have fucking Yellow Submarine. Like, there's trash. There's trash music by every artist. Like, don't don't put it in this, like, cannot-be-touched category. But anyway, I thought that the first track, the Final Form song, yeah. might have been the worst song I ever heard. Yeah, it's, it's pretty damn bad. It was the first negative. So when the first song on your album is the first negative song, I, I knew what I was in for. <laughs> I, again, well, let me say, I hate Anthony Fantano, okay? We all know this. Do you? But 
But he, uh, yeah. But he, uh, oh, shoot. What happened to my quote? Uh, well, let me pull that up in a second. I'll, I'll come back to it. But he, uh, he had a quote about this album that really just, like, it, it made me go, yeah, I don't need to say anything else. Like, Fantano got one right. He understands. Um, he gave it a 4 out of 10, which, go figure, it was trash. I would, I would probably go lower than that, but we'll save that for a minute. Um, yeah, like, it was just hilarious to me that, like, literally every feature on this is better than the artist who the album is from. I quite literally have a note in parentheses that says, I shouldn't only care about your features. Yeah, like, like Final Form was so bad, and then T. Grizzly's verse on that oh second my God. song, I was like, bro, like, this could slap if this wasn't a fucking Lil Yachty album. <laughs> but, yikes, yeah, it's just fucking... I thought there were some <laughs> some okay features. I really like the uh, RMC Mike feature on yes. Ghetto, yep, Boy on Ghetto Boy Shit. Yep. Yeah, that was really good. I hated the rest of it, but I loved his part, especially when they got to, like, that second set of bars. is just an amazing flow. Um and it, it's speaking of the bars. That's all this album is. There, there's nothing, nothing to this. I don't want to ride on him for making a you know, oh, a trap album that doesn't have you know anything deeper. But like Migos can do it. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. M- Migos can do the Atlanta, or you know, obviously they're going for two different sounds in this. But I think the comparison still works. It's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, Migos can hit this trap noise that actually brings something to the table and kind of evolution, or sorry, not revolutionizes it. Um, what's the word for it? It kind of grows it, just adds a little more complexity, even if it's just a lot of pop hits. Where I can listen to uh, Culture 2, it's not my favorite album, but it's not trash. Right. This is well, pretty like- trash. Like, you know, they even have a feature from one of the duo, but, like, fucking the Sway Lee feature is not great. It's not good like, at all. What is it? Ray Shremond or however Ray the fuck Shremond. you say Yeah, like, they make way better music. This, you know what I mean? Like, the people do this sound or sounds close enough to it that this shouldn't have been made. Or, like, if you want to put these people on, like, do the fucking normal thing and, like, just make a label and, like, put this shit out with them, you know? But don't, don't make it mixtape with your name on it throw them all on it and then have them be like the one good fucking thing about it you know like it just feels gross and like the production was just really sloppy and all over the place it felt like the same just... song almost every time yes. it just was really 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 bad and, and you I know what literally never recommend this to someone unless they wanted to hear some of the worst music i ever heard you know what kind of annoys me too this album screams i mean absolutely screams oh currency would kill all of these beats and guess who's (laughs) not on there currency i mean i i get he might be a little expensive or out of little yachty's budget but this is literally his forte and the fact that there wasn't even one feature with him i don't know it's crazy i don't know if i've ever thought an album should have a feature like literally should have one and this is it, and it totally didn't have that. There were barely, you know, even the features I thought were okay were balanced out by features I didn't care for at all. The, I mean, Soda Baby had some okay, or I really thought that SB5 with Soda Baby was okay, and then SB2021 with Soda Baby was terrible. Yeah, so I like Soda Baby. 
But yeah, it was kind of a. I I really didn't care about anything that he was on on this project. And again, project shit, you know. So like, unless your verse stood out, like everything just sounded terrible because that's how bad the rest of the album was, you know. Yep. So for me, like only that T Grizzly verse and that um, RMC Mike verse really were good. And funnily enough, Fantano basically says the same thing. And I can't for the life of me get this quote back, but it was basically just like. It was like the most flaccid delivery, the weakest production I've heard on an album from a mainstream artist in a long time. And um, like, oh, oh, you know what my biggest problem? So this is, so the whole, I told you, one of the two reasons was I thought there was a unique concept for a mainstream artist to do, right? The other big thing and the reason why I want to talk about it was I don't think we've ever talked about Lil Yachty. And Not I've really. noticed that this is his thing, right? So like his unique, whatever reason why it works is he's like so off tempo. He's like so out of the. Oh, beat. I get that. And like, some people really like that sound, and I've really never liked it. Like, there's a couple of Lil Yachty songs that I enjoy only because I think they got super popular and people just play them enough that I heard them enough to like them. Well, but this this fucking album, I was like, this. I I don't know that he knows how to rap. I feel like he goes into the booth and like freestyles some dumb shit off the top of his head, and then someone makes a beat over it. You know. <laughs> I don't know that he's ever been in a fucking studio and like learned how to rap because it's really bad. See, I'll, I'll kind of add to that and sort of counter to it. I went back and listened to Lil Boat 3 because I don't think mm-hmm. I'd ever sat through and listened to it. But I totally did. And it's at least listenable. You can digest it. Right. So I'm kind of confused on how he made this just I don't want to be too harsh on it, but it's a pretty, it's super hot garbage. You know, it's it, super hot garbage for sure. It's crazy that the album that came out, what, last year is far more listenable and way more acceptable to me than this is. I appreciate that he's trying to go that underground trap, I guess, but it really, yeah, like you said, it fell flat. It felt so so flat fell so flat for me like it was just i I wrote this down um this is the feeling i got but you know when someone buys a big truck or a sports car to overcompensate Mm -hmm. this is the album like i i I feel like little yachty is just overcompensating for i don't know what I, i i'm not sure what he's trying to do but this just felt like he was determined to make this awesome trap album and uh, just not my thing not my thing at all would not recommend i put a three out of ten yeah i would go so far as to say one yeah, it I, might literally be the worst album i can think of i think the numbers uh are pretty i mean maybe, maybe if i ever listened to like a full cannibal corpse album or something like that i would give that you know the lowest possible score but i think as far as like worst things we've listened to on here this is for sure it for me. I don't know, man. Cannibal Corpse might have some, you know, innuendos into like society or something. Whereas this does not. <laughs> you know? yeah, I'd I probably give that more credit. Yeah. I I, I will mention that uh, Sada Baby did say the line, two sticks on me like I'm Striker. Which is a Mortal Kombat reference. Not sure if you knew that. In fact, I did know that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, terrible out of ten. If you want to put a yeah, word on it, really, yeah, really, just 
Please don't listen to it. Don't do don't don't hurt yourself like that. It's just so bad. Um yeah, so we can do the uh the old movie. You got anything you wanna Yeah, yeah, I mean you, you started that one. I'll I'll do the Mortal Kombat. I want all movie producers and executives to just hear me when I say original characters are never a good idea. I just want to get that out of the way. You didn't, you, you didn't like Cole Young? I didn't know that was his name. <laughs> never a good idea. The No cap. I, I didn't no. hear them say his name. So about halfway through, I realized, oh, that's not Johnny Cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was my experience with it, and then of course the ending. It was the ending. The the beauty of having a roster of fan favorite characters, characters with backstories, with fleshed out traits, with you know, you know, with uh, the audience knows these characters, and you know, some kind of repertoire. Yes, and to throw that away. Just so that we can sort of relate to this world of Mortal Kombat, feels so lazy, just incredibly lazy. I would have rather you added a backstory to one of the other characters. You know, I, I would I would have rather you I would have rather you made him Johnny Cage. I would have much yeah. preferred that. That literally just I thought it was just going to be Johnny Cage, and he wasn't some like Hollywood actor like douchebag turned good guy you know like yep. this guy had a semi-interesting plot but you know what i mean like character plot and development like sure uh, i'll take the word family and everything and you know he was already like you know at least at one point about a world-renowned fighter um yeah i just i don't know they could have okay i, I just want to keep going with this they could have made this uh shijinko who is a character all the fans don't like they could have made it that and try to redeem that character but instead they said no let's do this original character now i'll get to the actual complaints of the movie they gave us a text intro after the intro what's that about you know i we complain a meme on the text intro and outro constantly but they did it after the title card which Blows me away how that's an accepted, oh, that looks good, man. Edit that up. Looks great. <laughs> Let's put it in the movie. Yeah. I also, you know, I don't really remember, like, you haven't recently watched those, like, 90s, early 2000 remakes, or, you know, uh, originals, have you? Not recently, no. Because I can't really remember, like, I vaguely recall that Sub-Zero was a bad guy. Yeah. But I... You know, quote-unquote bad guy. I mean, what's fucking bad in terms of, like, you know... Demons. The cosmos stuff. and, you know, interdimensional fighting. But, uh... Fucking... Uh, I don't recall Sub or Scorpion being a good guy. Well, he's been gray area throughout the series, throughout the games. I will say they were very faithful to all that lore. The Sub-Zero lore, the Scorpion stuff, his family, the Shira yeah. Ryu, all that was incredibly well done for what it was. Well, that's my whole biggest problem with this. It could have actually been a fine movie. I would give it okay right now. Like, you know, maybe maybe fine and okay are about the same. Like, it could have been a good movie. It could have been 
good for what it was, but it really wasn't. And the main reasons were it felt so corny and pandering. Like, where the plot got things right and where they made a character interesting. Like, I felt like Kano was, like, really well done in this Kano movie. Kano was awesome. Kano was literally the only part of the movie where it shined, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, uh, like, where they did things like that, they would have, like, Liu Kang and I forget what the fucking cousin's name Kung is. Lao. Yeah, Kung Pao. As, uh, oh, Kano my said. God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, just fucking, like, ugh. Yes. When, when you say fatality and you say all right, finish hold on, it, hold when on. you say all the video games, like, do it once or twice. Don't do it every time you have a fucking fight. Like, it felt like the weirdest like it felt like if uh, a cinematic trailer with some gameplay in it was all done in live action for some reason like it felt so cheesy to me after like the fucking second time uh you know i, I was gonna say something but it's kind of funny since the first mortal Kombat was you know sort of live action they like took pictures or whatever mm-hmm. uh but no whatever i i do want to talk about the fan service so at the beginning they i think Jax, he says, "Oh yeah, Eddie Tobias did this," and you know that's a that's a callback to the creators of the game. And I was like, "Oh cool, some fan service." But then they kept doing it. Then yeah, the fan service was an hour and a half later. It yeah, was the whole movie. Then they did the sweep kick thing, which I thought oh, that was that enjoyable, was, but was, at the same was, time, I thought that was the best one. Had they not had all the other ones, exactly. If they would have just done the sweep kick, is that your only move? <laughs> I was like, that's fucking great. Like, that is literally so good. Uh, and, but then you, you say finish him in Fatality four or five times and, you know, flawless victory. Like, no one would ever in the middle of combat or at the very end of combat in real fucking life or even in some crazy interdimensional fighting world go flawless victory after you fucking wipe some dude's blood off your hands. Like, it was so cringe. That's that's what kills me, is it seems half-assed. You know what would have been awesome? If they had a goddamn interdimensional uh, announcer. Or inter- interdimensional narrator, you know? Where, if you heard Fatality and Falls of Victory, it would make sense. It'd be absurd, and, you know, some people might not enjoy it, but at least it wouldn't be Kung Lao saying Falls of Victory. Yeah. You know, well, this, this very out. controlled I- monk... Just... I, I could have been into, you know, the the pandering and the fan service and the, almost like the gimmickiness of what the, you know, the style that they went with it. Yeah. If the plot hadn't been this plot, or at the very least, if this plot was simply like the first hour long episode in like an eight part series, you know, like a a one season series. Totally. No, I. I... And if, agree because like i really i really wanted the tournament and i thought at halfway mark like there was still a chance that we could get to the tournament yep and it turned out it was just like a just fucking i don't know bullshit like you got no backstory of like who shang sun was or shang su or whatever the fuck his name actually is yeah like you got no backstory there you got no fucking reason to understand like what this big great fight between the underworld and they gave you a te- they gave you two sentences of text, John. That's plenty. Yeah, well, and like, it's but they also gave you the fucking oh well, you know, 
Sonia Cage has been researching this for a long time, and you should just or Sonia Cage, whatever. She's not Sonia Cage because she's not Sonia Blade. I got it. Sonia Blade. <laughs> uh, but you're just like you don't care about it like at all. It's just so silly. That that's why I think the original character is a bad idea because you waste time trying to get us to care about this character who I don't care about. I don't care if he has a wife and daughter when neither of those characters are relatable or bring anything to the table, then I don't care. You know, and then you're just wasting what the first 20 or 30 minutes. Well, maybe not that long, but the first little bit, the prologue, I guess you're wasting all that time trying to establish this new character. Whereas you could have been establishing uh, Jackson, Sonia's, you know, chasing or Sub-Zero actually chasing those two. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. they, they they could have shown them, you know, researching or trying to figure out who the Black Dragon was or hunting the Black Dragon. They could have had all these things, but they said, no, let's have a cage fighter and his wife and daughter are somehow pivotal to this plot. It was well, just, it was all really weird. Yeah, like, again, I feel like the plot could have been fine had it had more to it. But unfortunately, you know, the movie basically just ends, and you're like, oh. Yeah, after after using that super weird-ass deus ex machina of being related to Scorpion. Right. What what the hell is that? I <laughs> Original character aside, I don't understand what that did. Other than have an excuse for Scorpion. It had an excuse for Scorpion, you got it. <laughs> Okay, well, that's not how it should be, okay? Um, I will say the positive things of this movie. Kano, and then right under... Yeah, I put Kano, and right under Kano, I put Kano. And then then I put costume design, because they nailed it. This is the first video game movie that has absolutely nailed all the costumes. See, I thought the costume design was pretty good on most everyone, except for that first scene where he's, uh, you know, samurai fucking, uh, what's it called? Scorpion? What's his name? Hanzo? Yeah. Uh, with his little family. Because the set design at that point felt so much like a set. It was so bad. Like, the trees look fake. Everything looked so... I don't even know, like, so stripped back that it felt like they that they filmed that at the end of the movie, like, at the end of shooting, and just had, like, no budget left. It's possible. Because it just felt really bad, and so I was like, oh, God, like, these costumes even look kind of cheap. And then later, you know, it definitely got better, and for sure, um, oh, my God, how do I, <laughs> I just, I only hear Kano calling him Kung Pao, but uh, Kung Lao, uh, <laughs> but his fucking, his hat, uh, was actually super well done, I thought. And, like, you know, they did interesting things, and obviously they, you know, embedded the fatalities well into yes, it. I okay. wish that, like, I, like, the combat was actually surprisingly so good that I didn't care about, like, all the CG mishaps with, like, some of the blood and stuff that I usually care about in a fighty kind of, you know, campy action. I thought the fighting was really weird at the beginning. Was that just me? The UFC fight, I thought, looked so sloppy, and then the fight with Sub-Zero, the first fight... Other than the cool, let's freeze his shotgun thing. I mean, that was cool, but... Yeah, I didn't notice any problems in the fight with Sub-Zero, but for sure the two fights before that, like the weird, you know, again, samurai sword standoffs, 
where only one guy can fight you at a time for some reason. It might have been the camera work, even. Because it seemed like the actors were, you know, uh, believable in their movements. But with how it was rushing over to show you every single kill, you know, especially that scorpion scene where he's defending himself, it showed you every single kill, but it kind of missed out on showing actual fighting. Oh, so we haven't even talked about Raiden? Yeah. Did he feel, like, completely underutilized? Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that's kind of par for the course, though. I, I feel as though Raiden kind of, that's his shtick in the video games. He kind of, he does his thing, but he doesn't really do it super well. Well, so, you know, I, again, this may be just me partially remembering or even maybe entirely misremembering how it goes in the fucking, um, you know, first set of movies, but, like... You know, he has the whole shtick of like, you know, I'm the defender of Earthrealm, but I can't really get involved in every little fucking trivial, you know, fight that you all get in yourselves into. And like, you know, I'm here to make sure that Mortal Kombat goes on honorably. And like, you know, if something fucked up happened, like I go and consult with the other gods and like, hey, you know, shit's going, shit's going on on Earth or wherever that I'm at. Um, but because there was no tournament and because there was no other gods or, you know, he didn't really feel like this like ruler of earth in certain respects besides him like randomly summoning that like wall yep he really didn't feel powerful and, you know you had no reason to think of him as powerful or to like be like it made no sense to me why everyone just like blindly understood that this was like what needed to be done you know and like if you had some omnipotent fucking laser beam shooting god fuck like of course you know you might bow down and be like all right you know what he says probably you know is a good thing to obey well, I didn't get any of that from this one. Whereas, like in the first one, albeit it was like some weird white-haired white man playing him, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Christopher Lambert, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I was like, at least in that one, you know, all the characters were justified in pretty much every action they took. And like, yeah, it was corny and gimmicky, but like that was the whole shtick. And the plot was like, yeah, they're fighting in Mortal Kombat, just like in the games, haha. And I don't know, so I, I, I maybe have to rewatch it, but. Like, this one could have been better, but I don't know. The plot really killed it for me. It, it's kind of weird, because I don't even think I hated the movie with how I'm talking about it. Like, I really don't think I hated it. Um, it just wasn't as good as it could have been. Even the groundwork that it had felt like it was too open-ended. Especially that climax. What was that? Mm -hmm. What was that? That was just so open-ended and just not an ending <laughs> you know the mortal kombat tournament uh you, you would assume that the climax would have something to do with the tournament <laughs> but but uh i i guess not and and just building on to my complaints with the climax i thought the fight scene was cool whatever weird ass mcguffin yada yada why does Scorpion say get over here in the most perfect English I've ever heard come from a human? Yeah, it was really sad. It was really weird. I, I... absolutely hated that fan service. All the other fan service, even, okay, the Fatality fan service with Kung Lao's hat was awesome. Okay, I'm gonna say that. Awesome. The actual Fatality was cool. I yeah. just don't get... You don't need to say the words. It was, oh, you don't no, need to no, say, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not arguing that. You don't need to say your souls will be mine every time you're about to fucking soul suck someone. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue that. 
But I will. That's why I was saying that there is some good fan service in here. But it's just weird when they do that, where instead of getting Scorpion's actual voice or the actor's actual voice, we're saying "get over here" in Japanese, which would have been cool too. Uh, they just pull this weird ass voice from nowhere that doesn't sound like anybody in the movie, or you know, just. It, a lot of this felt pointless. A lot of the movie felt pointless. Maybe that's the best way to describe how I feel. No, I completely agree. I wish it was more. I wish there was uh, just just a little more groundwork for a sequel. I I mean, obviously they left it so open ended, especially with the Johnny Cage tease. You know, right. there's room so, for mean, a sequel. I could, I could totally see this getting a sequel. I could totally see the sequel being better. But again, if they continue to go down this fucking weird rabbit hole of like, you know, now, you know, Shang Tsung was like, oh, I'm going to come back with armies and you're fucked, you know, good luck. That You're not even going to get Mortal Kombat. You're going to get some army of darkness or some army of light and you're going to have these like random heroes of Earth. They're going to have to develop like a bunch of new characters or, you know, somehow Sonya and Jax are going to ascend their ranks from being fucking little lowly plebs in the special forces to being somehow like commander generals of you know militias and militias of people like it just doesn't there's no way to do the sequel right probably for me like just reboot it again start over start fresh get new writers make it a tv show and i'll be cool yeah too bad because what was it joe Taslim signed on for five movies even though he died uh i assume he's just gonna play something to his brother because that's the canon Right, but they take over the name of Sub Zero because yeah. the fuck Lu Han or whatever their names are. Uh, the Lin Kuei. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna give it a score or a word or. Um, I think it was a solid like six five. I totally think it was. Boom! Watchable. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, and I think you know the problems that occurred were totally fixable. They just didn't fix them. Exactly. I think a lot of the characters weren't problematic for me. I think most of the dialogue wasn't problematic. It was really like, what the fuck was the overarching plot? I couldn't really tell you. Like, it didn't make any sense, and I didn't get why the characters had the motivations that they had going to serve that plot, but forget it. Like, you know, I hit those points already. So, yeah, like, it was watchable. And again, if you like action movies and if you like Mortal Kombat, like, it's totally worth the watch. It's definitely not a bad movie. It's just... It could have actually been pretty good, which is disappointing. Yes, there's enough here that they could have actually made, maybe not a revolutionary movie, but they could Honestly, have made a respectable Mortal Kombat movie. I'll say it. You can just do a Kano spinoff thing, yes. and I would have been okay with it. Like, don't even, just have him leading the Black Dragon, like, you know, a, a prequel kind of thing, and I would, I would be interested. Don't give them ideas, John, okay? It's going to be announced in two weeks. We're going to have to cover it in our reboot section or whatever. Let the record show that I thought of it. Yeah, that's going to be called The Black Dragon, HBO Max original. <laughs> I'm in. But yeah, I, I put, yeah, I would give it a 6.5. Uh, I, I, not the worst out of 10, you know? it's There are definitely worse movies. There are definitely better movies, but... Yeah. What a lackluster week. I'm so sorry, everybody. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> regret watching watch. the movie. No, 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 but come on. A 6.5 and a fucking 1? Like, ugh. <laughs> Not the best week. Not our best. Yeah, average to three and a half. Well, hopefully this week is better. 
as our movie is going to be Paddington. So our movie this week is going to be Paddington, and our album is going to be Smiling With No Teeth by Genesis Owusu. This mm-hmm. has, yeah, this has been episode 27 of Be Worst Critics. I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pino. And you can check us out on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. We're out of here. Peace.